What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. What's up, Well, That's Good fam? Y'all, I'm so excited. I have two guests on the podcast today. I got my husband, Christian, and then we have an incredible guest who I'm sure y'all are going to be so excited to have on. I can't wait to get to hear more of his story, more about his life. We have Aiden King on the podcast. What is up, my friend? Hello, hello, hello. It's good to be here. Well, it is great to have you on the podcast. Um, I I added Christian to the podcast since y'all are friends. I thought we'd have a a good conversation. I love it. Christian, I love you. I love you too. One thing I will say, every answer you give, if you could sing, that would just add so much um, just richness to this episode. Yeah, I can sing every, I can sing it all. I apologize already. For inviting yeah. him on to this podcast. <laughs> why are you? Why are you? There is no need to apologize. No, no seriously. I love it. Oh, perfect! It's already getting I started. I love that. Guys. It's happening. It's happening. It is happening. Well, listen, whenever Christian and you got coffee in LA that one time, um, I just remember whenever he got back in the car, he was like, man, I think we're going to be good friends. That's a good guy. And uh, so I'm thankful that you're on the podcast. We'll start it the same way I start every podcast. And that is asking the big question of what is the best piece of advice that you have ever been given? All right. The biggest question ever. Um, I was thinking about this last night. And I think the biggest piece of advice I've ever received was from my dad and it was don't worry about things that haven't happened yet mm-hmm. and for me that was huge because I'm like such a I can be such a control freak and I want to like know exactly what's going to happen when it's going to happen and I worry about things that I shouldn't so that for me has been the biggest piece of advice don't worry about things that haven't happened yet and it's kind That's of so good helped me to stay present right. and enjoy now not think about anything that That's um awesome. You know what I mean? It's That's been huge for me. It's awesome. It's really biblical too. It's like when Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow has enough worries on its own. Um, mm-hmm. So do you do the Enneagram? I do, yeah. So what are yeah. you? Well, I used to be a 6, 7, and now recently I'm a 3, 4. So I don't know what that means. I know. Well, I know. I, that makes sense, though. I mean, I'm a six seven actually, and so even the way you just answered that, I was like, "Yep, that's me." Like, you want to know what's going to happen, how it's going to happen, and then you yeah. can probably assume the worst case scenario might happen, and so we got to prepare for that to happen. Absolutely, um, all the things. But you know, a six goes to a three, like in the whole how the, the triangle, triangle thing works. Yeah. And I can't remember unhealth or health or whatever. But so, you know, I think sixes and threes do have a lot of similarities anyways. Um, I'm always back and forth on those two. So that's interesting. You are. What is it? How is it that you switch from a six to a three? Is it, is it, is it stress or is it growth? I Maybe think, it's stress. Maybe I'm a three right now. <laughs> I think it is. I think it is stress. But hey, look, maybe you got it wrong. Maybe you were always a three and you were just going to a six. Maybe. And now I'm stepping back. Look, there are people who like know the Enneagram backwards and forwards and they're listening to us and they're like, these people, they're You know the Enneagram backwards and forwards. I do know the Enneagram very well, but I'm a little rusty. Like I haven't read about it in a while, but um, six wing seven, I do know that one backwards and forwards because that is, that's definitely where I've landed. 
and I've been that way right. since I've since I've landed there. Yeah, Christian went on an enneagram crisis. Like he, he yeah. What went, are you, Christian? He went through every number before he figured out what he was. I was a uh, a two, and then a three, and then an eight, and I'm a one. <laughs> so it wasn't like a like a like a personality disorder. It was uh, just finding out who I really was at the core. It was really just. I mean, honestly, I feel like that year you were really getting to know who you are anyways and really kind of, because I think you were trying to be cer- certain things, not in a bad way, but like you were trying to be really helpful. So it's like, that's a two, right? And then you were like, there were just different things coming out. An eight, because you're being like yeah. Yeah. that Well, man. Sadie never liked ones necessarily, so. You can't say that to the world. I'm not saying that to the, well, okay, if you're listening to this, just forget I, I said that but you weren't fond of ones and when you just never thought that I could have been a one well I because you were I'll in love put with it this me. way I <laughs> had not I didn't have that much experience with that much great experience with ones because you see I'm not very like put together I'm a little bit like um, I'm a dreamer I'm a visionary person I'm all up here, so I'm not, like, in the lane of getting everything in order or planned. And a one is. Like, they're very – they're perfectionist. Right. They're, they're orderly, They're like, which is great, and it's great to have around. But because I'm so different than that, sometimes I feel like there would be, like, a rub there. So I felt like, oh, gosh, Christian cannot be a one. Right. <laughs> because that means that we're going to really get on each other's nerves because I'm going to be all up in the clouds, and he's going to be on the ground <laughs> running the thing. And so, anyways, but what's beautiful is – it works. It works. You know, your opposites do attract. It works perfectly. So where have you landed now? He's a one. I'm a one. You're yeah. one now. I'm a one. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. I'm the, the justice oriented um, efficiency side of the one. Yes, yeah. for sure. Well, I was going to ask Aiden, before we ask Sadie, ask the next question. What season were you in when your dad gave you that advice? Like how old were you? I think I was in high school. I was coming up to like the end of high school and we had exams and everything, but he says it all the time. I was back in Sydney a few weeks ago and he said the same thing. So it's kind of just been something, I feel like it's been so consistent that it wasn't the first thing that came to my mind when I thought of like, what's the best piece of advice? Because it's just been something I'm so used to, but I really, yeah, it really has been the thing that's kind of every time I'm worried about something, I'm just like, all right, it hasn't happened yet. Like don't overthink it. That's awesome. I love those pieces of pieces of advice that really go with you in every season. It's not just about high school exams. It grows with you, you know, when it yeah. comes to, I mean, gosh, you've had a lot of things that you could be worried about. I know you just moved recently from Australia to LA. What was that yeah. journey like? Was that, um, and how did you even get to the point of being ready to take that huge leap of faith? Yeah. I mean, that was, I mean, I've been talking about it for years. I, you know, I'm in the band, I'm Hillsong Young and Free and probably for the last 10 years we've traveled here. Like, you know, we were coming to America five, six times a year, which wow. was, you know, back and forth from Australia is just the longest flight of all time. Yeah. And I think I got to a point, you know, after probably eight years of doing that where I was like, I think it feels like I live in Australia, but I go to work in America. It's just a long commute every time. And I think I was just ready to kind of put like, you know, roots down somewhere. And so, mm-hmm after talking about it for years, I'm like, all right, I actually need to do it. And so I yeah. did it in June last year. And um, yeah, it's been, it's been probably the best thing I've ever done. I mean, it's been wow. one of the scariest things I've ever done too. You know, it's mm-hmm. the first time I've kind of like, I've lived by myself. It's been a, you know, 
you you learn a lot about yourself when you live by yourself. You know, you learn like how much you need community, the things that maybe you took for granted when I was at home, I had my family around. Um, mm. But it's it's been hugely like stretching in a good way, I think. Right. So, yeah, yeah it's been man. good. Stretching is one of those things that I remember going through this season of my life and I was like, this season is just a stretch. And so I looked up mm. like the definition of stretch and it's actually like a really cool definition. It talks about um, like, I guess doesn't use the term stretching in the definition of stretching, but it's like um, pushing yourself to yourself's like maximum potential. And I was like, that's so true. And like, it's uncomfortable and it hurts and it's hard sometimes, but it's getting you to your maximum potential. And that's why athletes, like it's before you go in a race that you're going to stand on the sideline and you're going to really stretch it out. And it might hurt and it might be uncomfortable, but that's going to get you to your best potential. So it's a lot of times like before, you know, you hit your stride that you have to stretch. And, you know, of course, right when you move, it's going to take you a while to reach your stride. But those are like stretching seasons and they get you to the place of being able to stride. And so let's talk about community for a second because that's something that so many people are so afraid of um, having to find, you know, like having to move to a new place, find community. There's so many people that listen to our podcast that are either going into college or graduating college. Well, that's like a huge community building moment. And so what have you found that to be like just moving to LA, which is probably a hard place to build community and how have you kind of found your people? Yeah. I mean, I've been lucky in that, you know, like the church I'm part of Hillsong church has, you know, campuses around you know the world. And so there's a campus in LA. And so it kind of just feels like we always had this saying at Hillsong where it's like one house with many rooms and mm-hmm. it almost feels like I've just gone down the hallway and That's gone cool. to the other room and, and, and found family and community. But, you know, and I think I've been lucky and, and blessed with that. And I, and I know for most people, like that's not always the case, but, you know, I, I think, I think moving and doing something that's stretching, like we were talking about it, it causes your faith to like be on fire. Cause you have to, you don't know. It's, it's almost like in the stretching, it's like, do I have, how much further can I go? Like how much, like yep. have I pushed past the, the margins beyond what's possible for me? And I think at that point it's when you have to like, you have to have faith. And yeah. for me, obviously that's in Jesus. And it's, and it's been like amazing for my, like for my faith and for my relationship with him being able to be like, all right, I actually don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. God provide, provide the right people. And it sounds cliche, but it's, I think when you're in that place, like God really does show up with people. And for me, that's been, you know, this, I mean, when I came, when I moved to America, it wasn't like I was coming because oh, like this thing's happening, so I'm going to go and do that. It was like, it was a step of faith. I didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah, when I didn't, when I moved here, I had no idea what was going to happen. I just moved Mm -hmm. going, all right, I'm going to trust that, you know, friendships and things will open up. And and it has in ways that I have really surprised me. You know, there's friends in my life now that I didn't know before I moved here nine months ago or whatever it was. So, yeah. That's awesome. But I think for people, I've just encouraged people to like, you know, for me, it's always just been like being open and trying to say yes to things more than saying yeah. no. I think some, sometimes out of fear, you know, people could invite you out to do things and the easiest answer is no because you're like, oh, I don't really want to do that. But I think yeah. being open and saying yes and trusting that God's going to um, put the right people around you, that's always yeah. kind of been my, my thing, especially since moving here. That's so good. 
There's that verse in Hebrews 11, and it's about Abraham when he goes out, and it says, and he went out to the land not knowing where he was going or what was going to be when he got there. And I've always loved that because he obeyed God before he knew what was going to happen. And I think so many times because we are control freaks and because we are planners, we're like, we'll obey you, God, when we figure out all the plans and when we figure out who our friends are going to be, what church we're going to do, what we're, what job we're going to have. And, you know, some, some of those things are practical and some of those things that, you know, you can prepare for and you can plan for. But then there are other things that you're just not going to fully know the answer to before you have to say yes or before you need to say yes. And that's where faith comes into the picture. It's like saying yes before you have everything planned. And that's whenever you really get to rely on God and be like, okay, God, you really really do provide all my needs. Um, I love how you talk about how like no is the easiest answer because that's so true like saying no and not wanting to go out and make friends or do stuff or whatever it really is easy and you can hide behind your no all day long but what great things are on the other side of your yes right and we have a mutual friend Steph and Steph Steph. literally one of my favorite people both of our favorite people on the planet she is hilarious but also like a boss lady all the things um but she'll tell me stories about y'all and they crack me up like y'all are (laughs) like I I call I always call y'all to her I'm like those are your youth group friends it's like the friends you had in seventh grade that you're just like buds with and you just do whatever and you don't even care what you look like or what you're doing and I, I just love it and that childlike faith. And so how do you get to the point where you're like so comfortable just being yourself around people and letting that childlike spirit come out in friendships? Because I think everybody wants that, but everyone's kind of scared of like, I guess, doing what is required to get that, which is, you know, letting yeah. go of whatever ego you have. Yeah, I mean, that's like, it's such a good question because I feel like every day I'm trying to to figure that out even more and more. But, you know, I really do think it starts with like good people. And yeah. I think if you're in, if you're in relationships where you don't feel like you can be yourself or you don't feel like, you know, you can be honest and vulnerable. And, you know, I think it, we've all got friends that we can be funny with, but maybe we mm-hmm. can't be like deep and spiritual with, and we've got friends right. that we can be spiritual with, but it's hard to be funny with them. And I yeah. think when you can find, when you can find people that are all of those things, I think that's when it's, it's really special. And, I think it's, it really comes down to like having the confidence to know that, you know, God created you a certain way and, and Mm -hmm. you, you know, we're all different and what we bring to relationships is, is different. And I think we've got this friendship group, like you said, like it feels like it literally does feel like a youth group friendship (laughs) group, you know, and everyone's so different. We all, we kind of do similar things Like we're in the same kind of space. We all kind of work with music and then obviously with you. And it's, so there's like, there's something there that's common amongst us, but I think we are so aware of each other's differences in, in a way that actually just is exciting. It's like, you know, it's, we disagree on some things and we agree on a lot of things and yeah, we find some things funny and I don't know, it kind of helps because it makes you just, it stretches you even in, in your own expression and, and seeing people that are confident, like being with people that are really confident helps you be confident too. So that's so true. It's like the best whenever someone is their full self around you because you know like, oh, like 
ever in your trust, you know, like ever yes, in your trust. 100%. And I think when you know that person, it's like whether they agree with you or not, whether you're on that day or you're not, like they're going to be your friend. It helps you open up to be like the goofiest version of yourself or the most serious. Totally. And you're so right. There are some friends that I'm like, I don't know why I just cannot be funny around them. Like I'm just, I am hilarious, but not around that person, you know? <laughs> and then like there's other friends that you're like just insane around. And I think it comes with that, with that trust that you build with people. I was going to say, totally. and you have a song called Let Go. So as you're driving, <laughs> as you're driving to meet these new friends, you can just turn on your own song and just, uh, when I let go, then I find life. Doo, 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 doo. Oh no, Christian singing. No, exactly. I love that song. I always pump myself up by listening to my own music. <laughs> I've always wondered that. Like, that's awesome. Yeah, like if you just heard yourself on the radio, would you be like, "Oh, there I am"? Like, there, that's me. That's what you would do. That's definitely what I would do. I'd be jamming to my stuff. You'd be jamming. Oh my gosh. Well, that's a good transition. You wanted to ask him about some music questions. So I, I didn't even introduce you as Aiden King from Hillsong, which is obviously um, a big part of what you're known for. But I just think you're great. So I didn't even mention that. And so I'm glad you're you already good. mentioned it. But Aiden, if you don't know, because I feel like you're a familiar face to many people. So you sing on Hillsong Young and Free. And I know Hillsong, you dabble in probably worship and all the other things as United well. Worship, United worship. Yeah. Um, United and the different things. But um, yeah, so let's talk about music because that is a huge part of your life <laughs> yeah i mean you've written some that was what i told you when we hung out in california that day you've written and sung some of my favorite worship songs that i still sing you know you wrote touch of heaven which is what me and sadie walked down the aisle to um me and sadie i walked down the aisle to oh yeah see. yeah sadie walked down the aisle <laughs> to me to that song um but yeah even like song even like songwriting for you do you feel like most of the songs that you write come out of moments where you're super strong in your faith or is it moments where you're struggling with something that you're kind of going through something or is it, you know, when you're kind of on the high that, that you write these super inspirational, powerful songs? Um, that's a great question. I, to be honest, I think worship's always been like my, it's been kind of like my response in every season, whether good or bad, especially sitting down at a piano is like the place that I go to to like, I think a lot of people go and journal and write things down or, you know, read for me. It's always just been like, Oh, let's go to the piano and work this out. If it's good, if it's bad. And so, yeah, worship, it really depends. Like, you know, I wrote a song called highs and lows, which was Mm, a song that I wrote in a really, yeah, like in a really hard time. Um, And, and I feel like it's often like, if I can't express it, like express what I'm going through, in words, I need to sit down and, and, and sing it out. And for, for months, sometimes that literally is just a melody mm. without lyrics. And then sometimes it's the opposite. It's just lyrics and, and no melody. And so it's, it's different every time. It's so cool. What's like one of your favorite songs that you've written on, or is that kind of hard to say? Cause each one's for a different season. Yeah. It's, I, I feel like, I'm really proud of like a song that I wrote when I first kind of started writing, which is like sinking deep, Mm. which was, I think that song, I think for me was the beginning of me understanding what my voice was and, Mm. and even like how I would, you know, speak to God. Cause I I think a lot of the way I speak to God is, is through singing and like, Mm -hmm. you know, I could, I mean, I could sing every answer to you guys, but my, uh, but like it's sitting at the piano has always been the way that I just express. And I think sinking deep was the first time that I felt like, Oh, I can make sense of even my prayer life 
with this song. So I'll probably wow. say that song, but it changes yeah. all the time. Oh, I'm sure. Did you ever have a time in your life where you doubted like your ability or felt like you weren't good enough? Because, you know, whenever you look at you now, you've obviously accomplished so much. You're putting out songs that are just amazing. And um, you're such a good worship leader, incredible worship leader. Some of your songs that you wrote, like Christian said, are some of our very favorite songs in our house. Um, but when you were younger, like, did you think you had that talent in you? Did you know it? Were you confident in it? Or were you ever like, I don't even know if I'm even good at this? I, I would say it was more that, 100%. Wow. I, I think it was, I never, ever imagined that I'd be doing what I'm doing today. Like, even living in wow. America and, you know, getting, wow. like, I guess the honor of singing and leading worship, I never, ever imagined that I'd do that. It kind of almost just you know, happened. I think that was like me saying yes to things and stepping into my fear. I think I've always been such a, like, I guess, so nervous. And Mm. that's always been for me something that's like held me back sometimes when it comes Mm. to like leading worship and, you know, even like submitting songs or that process has always been a, you know, I've riddled in fear a lot of the times because I've been like, I don't know, like if I'm, I'm good enough at this or, you know, I look at these other people at church who are just incredible and, and almost just be like, ah, oh, maybe like there's enough amazing people. I don't, I don't need to do this. And, mm. but you know, more recently, I think as I've gotten older, you, you start to just appreciate like your individuality and, you know, right. I think, and it's, and you, it's, it's less about compar- comparison and more about like, wow, you know, these, these people are incredible, but I can also do something that's just different and, for me, yeah. that's kind of where I'm getting to. It's a journey, but it, but I'm, sure. I'm getting there. Well, yeah. No, I love that. And that's like why we're founded on what's behind me, live original. Because yeah. the minute you start comparing yourself to other people, you take yourself out. Because you're looking around, you're like, 100%. yeah, I don't have that. And I don't have that. And they are way stronger in this. And, they're, and, and of course, because God made them like that. That's their originality. But God also made you in his image as well. And if you think you're not as good as them, so you don't show what God's put in you, then we're missing out on an image of God. We're missing out on a side of God we haven't seen and knew. I love how 1 John 4, it talks about like, um, no one's ever seen God, but his love is perfected in us. Like we see his love, we see him through the way we love each other. So it's like through us giving of our gifts through what's inside of us that like God put in us, we give people a glimpse of heaven. And so, man, it, it's so cool. We all have to come to that point in our life where you stop looking at people and you look at the Lord, your maker, and you say, all right, you, you made something in me to, to give in this time. And so I think that's awesome. So I want to hear the story. So you said it kind of just happened. How did it just happen for you? How did you go from, uh, I'm not sure if I really have this, to, you know, singing on Hillsong and creating some of the greatest songs that, you know, we work with you? <laughs> you guys are too kind. Um, well, it kind of was, I was writing songs and I was singing them for like our youth group, which was like a Friday night program. Um, I was a youth leader. And at the time I was studying, um, marketing at university and I was washing dishes at this restaurant and I kind of probably was halfway through my degree and I was like, cool. All right. I've come to terms with music. Firstly, music's just going to be a hobby. It'll be something that I do for church on the weekends. Mm -hmm. Like I'll sing, you know, every Friday or Sunday whenever they need me, but I'm probably going to go and work in marketing somewhere. Anyway, it was was like probably halfway through 
my degree and I'd been singing these songs every Friday. I'd just be writing random little songs like, oh, maybe we'll sing about this this Friday or, you know, uh, the preacher's going to speak about this. So I'll try and write like a little chorus around that. Mm. And then I remember there's probably after maybe about six months of just doing that every Friday, they kind of like Laura and Pete uh, Togs, who were the youth pastors at the time, were just like, hey, like, why don't we just like record some of these songs hmm. and let's get, let's get a bunch of the young people together and we'll just record whatever's happening on Fridays. And we're like, yeah, okay, cool. And none of us thought anything of it. It was just kind of like, we're going to record, you know, the songs really naturally. And at the time there was obviously Hillsong United still existed. Hillsong Worship was doing stuff. And so we were just like, yeah, great. That'd be fun. So we recorded it. And then I think, the first time we put it out, put out the first Young and Free album, maybe of July 2013. Mm-hmm. And I finished university in November, November 9th, 2013. And wow. that was the day I handed in my last assessment that day, November 9th, and then got went straight to the airport and got on a plane. And we went on tour with wow. um, Hillsong United. But like, I think for all of us involved, it was, we had, none of us had any idea. There was no like trajectory that this was yeah. going to happen. It was we were releasing an album just for our youth students. Wow. And yeah, so that That's when incredible. I say I had no idea, I genuinely was just like, we kind of just said, yes, all right, cool, we'll record songs. We're not sure if we're good enough. And then that was it. <laughs> so It's incredible. I love that. And it's crazy how many stories start like that, you know, where it's like we were just doing this for our church. We were just doing this for our family. We were just doing this because this is what we were praying. And then God uses that in a global way or in a, in a big way. And I hear a lot of young people now because they've seen people make it in ministry. I, I literally had a conversation with someone recently. I said, what do you want to do after college? She said, I want to make it in ministry. I said, <laughs> I said well, what, do, what does that even mean? <laughs> make it in ministry. And she's like, well, I want to be like, I want to be like big. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to tell you that's the wrong way to look at it. I was like, that is that. We are going about it in a very wrong way. And I was like, you know, making it in ministry is like doing ministry right where you're at. You know, whether that is at your home, whether that's at your school, whether that's, you know, with your family. But, you, you know, ministry is a natural thing. It's because you love God and you love people. And if God wants to elevate that in your life and wants to do it in a big, big way as far as a stage or a platform, then so be it. But if a big way is one person's life that you're sowing into, like that is ministry. And I think people yeah. get really confused by that because they see lights and they see stage and they see this. But... I mean, I don't know anyone, to be honest, in doing similar things to what we're doing that had the intention that they were going to make it in ministry or they were going to build this huge platform. A lot of it came from just doing what God put on their heart to do, and then it just happened. You know, God just breathed on it. God moved in this way, moved in that way. And who's to say that that's any better than the person serving, like, right in their local church? Like, it's not. It's the same thing, same mission. It's just a different placement. God has a body of people and his body of believers he uses for different functions. And to be confident in that is really when you start doing ministry and really whenever things start to happen. And so I just love that. Um, I saw somewhere that you learned to play guitar by watching YouTube. Is yeah. this true? <laughs> is this true? It is true. I learned how to play guitar and piano on YouTube. 
No way. Okay, literally, I've tried this. This has gotten me nowhere. But here's the difference, babe. He's innately gifted and wired to be oh, good at no. that. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes. Before the foundation of the world, the Lord knew that you were going to do this. So he put this gift in you. We do not have the ear <laughs> or the talent. See, we're, 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 no. good at, we're good at sports and other things, but we're not gifted with guitar and piano and, and all those things. This is what this is what I looked up on YouTube. Easiest song to play on the piano. And I learned yeah. it. Guess what it is? Lean on me when you're not strong. <laughs> and that's the only song I can play. But I learned it because I'm like, there will be a case scenario in my life where we're going to be sitting on a piano. No one's going to be able to play. And I'll be like, guys, I got y'all. And I will hit it with the lean on me See, here's when you're the thing. not strong. My fingers are too fat. <laughs> On the piano, I just start hitting right. keys. See, well, I'm, he I'm, says that, but I'm like, there are like there are like a lot of people in the world that play the piano of all shapes and sizes, and I don't yes. think your fingers. Are I'm too- gonna custom make a piano that has little spacers. <laughs> that is just a bad idea. You have to. Why? But what if what if somebody with like huge hands? Well, how do like little kids play the piano who have tiny hands? They figure they have, they have about, yeah, Christian. I don't think it's about your hands. <laughs> I have seen many pianos. I have never seen extra large pianos. Just think of it this way: you could be playing. You can you can stretch your fingers out longer than anybody. So you could be playing crazier chords. Maybe there's chords that aren't discovered yet that you could play because your fingers are so. No, large. see, here's the thing. You know here's what? the thing. This is good. My hands are small. Yeah. My fingers are just fat. <laughs> So it's not it's not the spacer problem. It's he does the- have a slight disadvantage. He does have a slight disadvantage, but I still think he's capable. So when you started learning on YouTube, um, what was that like? Were you all in? Were you like, okay, I'm actually going to learn? Like, Because to me, like I said, I have actually tried this. I did do the Lean On Me thing, but I've actually pursued other <laughs> learning as well, and I've gotten nowhere. So was it your commitment level? Was it what you typed in? Was it a certain teacher? Help the people out there who are trying to YouTube yeah. learn. All right. I would learn like my favorite songs. So that's how it kind of started. It was almost like, I love this song. I need to know how to play it because I want to cool. sing it. Yeah. And then I would be like, but I would like learn chords. I'd be like, okay, teach me how to play like the most basic chord, chord structure, Right. which this won't, might not mean much for you, but it might be C, G, A minor, F, which right. is like the most standard chord movement, which is like in every pop song. And then I'd learn that. But the reason I was so like driven was because I was like, I want to write songs, but if I don't do this, it's going to be harder. So I'm like, I have to do this. So I was like, all right, I'm going to learn these four chords and then I'm just going to sing over them. And that's kind of how it started. And I that's would like cool. watch videos over and over again when the internet was nowhere near as good as it is right now. That's awesome. And I would just sit there for hours. Yeah. That's awesome. Maybe you should do a tutorial and then we can learn. Have you done all that? Right. No, I'll do it for you guys. I'll literally just make a whole YouTube channel for you guys. Literally, we will watch it. We will, if we learn, okay, that would be legit. If we learn piano and guitar from you on your YouTube, I mean, that would be pretty epic. Did you ever watch The Office? (laughs) I haven't watched it enough. Well, it was like, it was like the scene where Michael's like, explain it to me like I'm five. Like, it would be that thing of like, (laughs) I need you to explain it to me like I'm five. (laughs) Like I'm a child. All right. Well, there's a lot of things that I'll need you guys to explain to me like I'm five as well. So we can just kind of, we can figure that out. We'll, we'll go back and forth. Um, yeah. Okay, listen, two things that you've said while we've been talking, to, I just want to bring out. One, you said 
that one thing you were desiring when you moved to America was you want to sew roots. And then you also just talked about in, you know, Learn the Piano, your commitment level to rewatch over and over and over again. And I learned like that in a lot of ways too. I'm a studier. I love to study. But like when I preach a message, I have gone over that thing a thousand times because like I'm yeah. going to know. Everybody's like, how do you just do it without stopping? I'm like, because I know every word that I want to say because I've meditated. I'm so on it, you know? So there's this commitment. There in sowing roots is the same thing. I think a lot of people, they want roots, but they don't have the commitment level to really sow their seeds, to really water the ground to really watch those roots you know blossom into a firm foundation to, into a tree into fruit um and so I think a lot of young people it's like they want to be really great at piano but they don't want to you know put the time that it takes into it they want to make friends they don't want to put the time talk to us a little bit about just having that commitment level and that consistency and certain things that you want to do to see the outcomes that you want to have. Because I think that's a lost art. I think a lot of people have this wishful thing. Maybe it's because of the culture we live in. Maybe it's because people get viral from nothing, you know, you know, they post a video like, eating whipped cream I don't even know and they're like famous so it's like you know they don't have to like sow their seeds they don't have but for the you know large majority of people that's not the case you know you do have to work really hard and to be honest even for the people that do hit it like that viral that that's where a lot of people get in trouble is because then that's it you know then 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 what do you do after that so talk to us a little bit about just consistency and commitment and how to um how to dive into that to get the outcome that you want yeah, well, firstly, I would love to eat whipped cream and get famous for it. <laughs> That's true. That I mean, we all would. An absolute dream. That's Imagine ideal. Imagine that. That's ideal. Yeah. <laughs> what do you What do you do for work? Oh, I just eat whipped cream. Wow. <laughs> There's probably That's a, there is somebody who does that. I mean, I'm just calling it because I don't know if you've seen on Instagram. There is a girl literally smashes her face in bread, and that is her. That is her job. She's thousands of followers, hundreds of thousands of followers for smashing her face in bread. So it would not surprise me if someone's out there eating whipped cream, just making bake. Wow. I mean, but if there isn't, we could become those people. Um, We might should. (laughs) um, I I think genuinely, I think with that, with the, you know, I feel like it's when you find something you're so passionate about, you'll almost, you have, there's no, like, it's almost, you can't convince yourself otherwise to work on it so for me like i've always found like the things that there's two things like the things that i feel called to so i feel called obviously to like build the church and um and all those things and so uh, that's like a calling from god and then there's also things that i'm passionate about and sometimes not always but sometimes those two things line up and i think when they line up you if they line up then you can approach those things with like i don't know almost like a sense of like excellence like you have to it has to be amazing because this is for god yeah but then i think there are things like you know music and playing piano where it was just like for me i didn't i didn't know another way but to become obsessed with it because mm-hmm. i was obsessed with it. i just loved That's it cool. so much and i think sometimes you know people might think they want something for example they might want to be a musician but maybe what they actually want is to be successful and I don't know, famous as a musician. Mm -hmm. And so the work required, they never really considered. And so maybe that's actually not what they want. Maybe what they want is something else. And I think, you know, especially like, you know, 
for a lot of people, you know, in their teens and twenties is your whole life, but you're trying to figure out what is it that you're passionate about. And sometimes, you know, you might think you're passionate about something, but if you're not prepared to do the work, then maybe it's actually not what you're meant to be doing. And yeah. And so it's finding those things that you feel like you could do, you would give everything to, to make it happen. And so, yeah, I mean, that would be my observation. And even on myself, it's, you know, I might want to get fit. I really do, but my goodness, I need I need to come I need to come over there and, and get a full boot camp because I, I I can't do it myself. Hey, we're gonna make it happen, and then we've talked about it. We're we um you're gonna I'm gonna teach you how to do some bench press, and you're gonna teach me how to um have an angelic voice and play the piano. Nice Let's do it. Piano, yeah. No, <laughs> I'm just messing. You know I can harmonize, babe. You can. You can harmonize. Um, no, I love that. That's a that's a great observation, honestly, because you're so right. When you're passionate about it, you'll put in the work for it. When you believe in it, you'll put in the work for it. And you know, with LO and all things that we do here, um, we work a lot and we work hard. But it's like you said, I can't help but do that because I love it and because I'm on this mission and I want to make the world a better place I want to help build the church and that's a massive mission right that we should all be thinking about which you know when you when you think about it like that it's like I can't help but get up and want to do it want to work want to sow seeds into seeing this um flourish and so I love that great observation um all right lastly you are about to go on a new tour called worship nights tour with Dante Bo who is also on the podcast and we love Dante that's gonna be epic I honestly we have to go like we have to go we need to look at the dates like and for real not even just saying that we need to go um so starting in August so tell me about that I know you're obviously still a part of all things Hillsong but you're also going on this new tour so tell us about it yeah well it literally happened so quickly Dante texted me maybe like two weeks ago wow. and just asked hey, would I be up for just coming along and so I was like yeah it's awesome. <laughs> I was like why not it's awesome. and so that's kind of it and so I think the night's going to be pretty awesome it's like there's going to be Aaron Moses Dante and myself wow and we're just going to be up there the whole night leading worship wow and so I, I have no idea what it's going to look like yet set wise but it literally in the last two weeks, it's like weeks, it's come together. Wow. So, and I love, I love those guys. I love Dante. We've been friends for years. So I think it's going to be, it's going to be fun. That's awesome. It's one of those anything could happen type nights. Love you know? it. Well, now we really have to be there. So I don't know where you, you get tickets, to. but do you, not to put you on the spot, do you know where we can get our tickets? Yep. I'm going to, I'll tell you a link. Hold on. Give me a second. It's somewhere online. <laughs> somewhere online. Well, everyone, look up Worship Nights Tour with Dante Bo and Aiden King. Aiden, uh, it's been a, just a joy talking to you. Christian and I, like we said, we love you. We're cheering you on. You are doing great things. And um, more than all the things you're doing, you're just a great human. And so we are glad to know you. And thanks for being on the Well That's Good podcast. Oh, I love you guys. Thank you for having me. Can't wait to hang out again soon, hopefully. I know. We're going to a worship night, but beyond yeah. that, we got to hang. Come to Louisiana. We'll get the boot camp going. You'll work out with Christian, and then you'll teach us piano. All right, I'm down. Yes, it's happening. We're making it happen. Solid. And it's happening. to everyone listening, we will keep you updated on that online. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> Have a great rest of your day, Aiden. You too. Bye, guys.